welcome to EC Pulse, the podcast that beats into the light of Eurovision. My name's Kylie, hello, hi, and um, I haven't got a funny intro prepared. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> but anyway, as always, joining me. My name's John, hello, welcome to this week's episode. Brace yourselves. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. And... Um, Hello and welcome to the fourth part of our uh, Eurovision 2019 review. We'll be reviewing the second half of semi-final two. Uh, should be quite interesting. And joining us this week, our special guest is uh, a regular. It's Elliot from Eurovox. Hello. Hello. I am ready to run with the lions, scream, be proud and play in an arcade. <laughs> and become a chameleon. All in this one podcast. Hey, should be fun. That's the truth. <laughs> hey. Okay, so um, Elliot, um, can I ask, um, what do you think about uh, this year's songs in general? Um, better than people have been saying, to be honest. I mean, this happens yes. every single year. Worst year ever. Oh, it's not as good. Actually, I think this is actually a very good diverse lineup. I think people are just bitter that they have less party songs than last year which is you know it's not the end of the world <laughs> i will say that um thank you people like to you know compare always trying like in you know also what's the word copy or try and like take make a nod from the winner the previous year and i'm quite glad apart from electric fields in australia which obviously didn't win sadly nothing is really <laughs> like that this year so i'm i'm glad for that that like, it all seems very original and there's just so many countries that this year are really, you know, pulling it out the bag and really going for it, which is just amazing to see. Hmm, interesting. And, it's uh... too soon to talk about electric feel. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And uh, what about, um, what do you think about this uh, second semi-final in general? Um, it, it's a slow start to a big finish, admittedly. Um, but it's still... It's very difficult to call, to be honest. And I think, you know, the fans have who they think are definitely going to get through. I'm really not in that boat. I only think, to be honest, four are guaranteed to get through. And even then, I think maybe not all four deserve to be in the final. But we'll see. Hmm. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's quite um, stern weird. It reminds, me not, it reminds me a lot of 2016, where a lot were like, were just bunged into sort of like meh category, but there were too many of them. Well, some have to qualify. So it feels a lot like that with the, where the fans sort of just went, well, this isn't as good as semi-final one. Semi-final one's the bloodbath. This is just full of all the filler. But some have still got to go through. But in this 18, they're all on a level playing field still. And that's what people forget. You've got to judge it in that 18, not against the other semi-final because they're not competing until the Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, that's a very good point there. <laughs> Okay, so um, let's uh, explain how the rules are going to go before we get on with this. So uh, for those of you who are new to this podcast, uh, we're going to go through all the songs in the second half of Semi 2 one by one. We're going to discuss what we like and don't like about them. And we're going to each give them a score between 0 and 5, 0 for the worst and 5 for the best. And the public are also going to give us score between 0 and 5. So are we all ready to get started? Yes. Okay, so first up... Croatia. 
la Croatie. This is Rocco with the dream. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm just. I'm just. Um, I'm just so ready for this song. I, I just. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've been. We've been. We've been counting down our mother song countdown of 2019, and this is our number two. Number two. It has its. This song is just everything, really, isn't it? And I know that everyone, um, everyone in the fandom is going crazy for this song. I mean, <laughs> all over Twitter, I've just been hearing Croatia, 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 Croatia. Zagreb, twenty twenty. Um, you never know; it could happen. Um, I think. I think I prefer. The Croatian half, personally. But yes, I have a dream. I have a dream. Ellie, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to go next? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm going to be polite because obviously um, the UK have a very similar song to Croatia this year. And the Croatians love the UK entry. If anyone saw the Euro jury from Eurovoir last night, Croatia actually gave Michael the 12 points out of the entire contest. So thank yes! you for that. Um, he... Yeah, I know it's a lot of countries that like to send ballads gave Michael quite high points in that, so that was good. Um, and obviously Michael performed on Croatian TV a few weeks ago with Rocco there. So I'm going to be nice about it. Going on that comparison, Michael does have the better song in the young male ballad category, personally. Um... I don't think I prefer the Croatian part. I much prefer the Croatian part because, like my friend, the English is just so cheesy. It makes me want to rip my ears out. Um, my friend! You, you can tell Jack Hudek is behind this just because the structure of it, um, the sort of, like, escalation of his voice, which is very impressive, I must admit, to be honest. His voice is fantastic. And because he's only 18, it's an amazing voice. Um, the, the staging with the wings... That's just Jack Hudek with a rubber stamp on it. Um, he did say to us, and by us I mean our team, because we had someone who was Croatian who was at Dora and spoke to Jack and Rocco, um, he wants to make the staging even bigger in Tel Aviv than what it was at Dora. So yes. God knows what Jack Hudek has planned, and we know Jack Hudek will make it happen, because we saw what he did in 2017. Oh, I'm so <laughs> looking forward to I, this. <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate his voice. And I do like the melody to a point, but yet something is just making me think this is just going to miss out. I think either the jury is going to love it because of his voice or hate it because it's too cheesy. And I just think the public may not just get a grasp on it. So I'm, I'm not sure how this is going to do, sadly. But he's got a great voice, so regardless of the result, I would like Rocco back in a few years, regardless. Yeah, that wouldn't be such a well, bad idea. Yeah. I want to take us back a couple of years when um, 
and Kylie was my little fly on the wall in the press center during the rehearsals. <laughs> and um, <laughs> when when Croatia came on stage to rehearse for the first time, I think you'll agree, Kylie, it was a beautiful moment. Yes. <laughs> then I just got a text saying, I can't wait for you to see Croatia. And I went, why? And I was like, you'll see next week. And, mm. Oh. <laughs> and now with Tyros. It was iconic. I mean, we're still talking about it two years later. (laughs) So brilliant. It could Um... happen all over again. Anyway, um, I'm guessing that I'm the only one that thinks that this is completely doomed, unfortunately. I I mean... Oh, I, ju- I, ju- I just I just look at it in the context of this semi and I'm seeing that there are other young male ballads in the semi uh, in particular a certain one that's coming three songs later and uh, I-, I just got this horrible feeling sorry to say but like if Moldova don't come last this will which will be a crying shame because this is <laughs> This is a wonderful slice of pure Croatian cheese. <laughs> this is. <laughs> oh, it's just... I mean, I mean, you drew. I, I will. Ag- <laughs> I will agree with you that if Russia a month later didn't send a very similar song, which we'll get onto by someone much bigger in that area of the world, Rocco would stand more of a chance. And I'm also scared of the fact that Franca sent quite a modern song last year, great voice with an all right song, and she still came 17th. So. Yeah. Yeah, which is a shame because oh, Croatia have come back. I love Croatia. I would love to visit Croatia. Um, oh, screw it. Next year, just send Nila Kralic again because she's amazing. Screw it. <laughs> just send her again. I loved her. Amazing. Yeah, just don't dress her up like um, like a space chicken again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I I can see this doing a, t- a Croatia twenty seventeen and knocking out at least one fan favorite oh, to I... the absolute dismay to the dismay of everybody. Oh, I oh, I would find that so funny. <laughs> I mean, t- to be honest, they do have Albania and North Macedonia. <laughs> from that Balkan sort of region. So they really... Albania and North Macedonia really threw some weight behind Rocco with their televote and jury. That is half the points they need to sneak 10th. So then it's just a bit of a luck game. But... Mm. They could have done with Slovenia and Serbia, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well. I must, I must say as well, um, terrific voice that he has. Oh, yeah. Oh, one of the best voices in the competition this year. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And he's eighteen, which just makes me very jealous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that is insane. Okay, uh, anything else on Croatia before we give it a score? Nope. Okay, so uh, let's give Croatia a score. I'm going to give this a three. It's a four from me. It's a three from me. Okay, and the public. Give it a one out of five. <laughs> Philistines. <laughs> oh, well <no>. then. <laughs> oh no. 
Okay, so um, next up, <laughs> swiftly move on. <laughs> Malta. Malta. This is Michaela with Chameleon. Well, I've been in trouble, yes, I know. I'm never going on I'm so glad you can't see me because I was lip syncing that entire time that was on. Um, <laughs> just to, just to, well, I was like one of five people in the fandom who watched X Factor Malta from start to finish. Um, so first and foremost, a very good show. Um, it's very well done. It probably ran a little too long leading up to the live shows. I mean, we didn't need an episode per each category for the sixth chair. That was a bit <laughs> tedious. But, you know, the talent they had in that program alone was incredible. It makes... Any and much all the other X Factors, to be honest, uh, and being brutally honest, this is my winner of Eurovision 2019. I absolutely love Michaela or Michaela, however you bloody pronounce it. Um, <laughs> she's incredible. I did not think for one second she was going to go with a reggae reggaeton up tempo song done by Symphonics as well, um, who were very obviously very good friends with. BNT in Bulgaria the last three years. Uh, it's it's just brilliant. It's catchy. It's summery. It has that last minute, which is arguably the best minute in Eurovision this year. The the final chorus is fantastic and gives it that last jolt of energy. And if if they don't get back into the final, I'll be very very shocked. But you can see Malta are going full out for a top ten, top five because you know they've got. The station director of um, Euphoria involved, and one of the backing dancers who was in Melfest is, from what I know, either done the choreography or will be on stage with her. Uh, so they're really going all out this year, and I really want this to do well because I adore this song so much. Yeah, um, I, I, I definitely think it's got a very strong chance of qualifying. I definitely can see this getting a massive push from the juries. Uh, I'm a little bit curious as to why they put them on so early in the second half, but I think that may be uh, trying to even out the genders a little bit because it's a very male second half. Um, Yeah, I I definitely agree that this is a very fun song and um, I definitely wasn't expecting her to go with a song like this because she did pretty much ballads as far as I'm aware in uh, X Factor and uh... pretty much she stuck to ballads it's what she was good at apart from the first live show she'd lost on you by LP which is more of a country mid-tempo song apart from that it was ballads yeah. really yeah so I was expecting like a big ballad but um yeah I'm not gonna complain I, I quite enjoy this quite a lot but the problem is that uh, I-, I do find the drop a little bit awkward because like you have this like amazing pre-chorus like building up and then then as soon as it drops like it's just like uh, i just find it a bit okay but um but oh well but it it, it, i don't think it's too big of an issue like I, i i enjoy it just fine um i'll be 
very interesting to see how this comes across on stage. Um, I mean, this could potentially come across as a bit messy, but they seem to be really pulling out the stops to make this a very good show. So I, I've got I got high hopes for this. Uh, we'll see how it turns out. Uh, John, what do you think? As a long-standing Malta fan, I've been burned too many times by Malta's, particularly Malta's televote scores over the last few years to get <laughs> too excited, to get too excited at the prospect of this doing really well. Um, but you just know that they're going to have a very expensive staging, and that, as you got, as you guys say, they are putting a lot of effort into making this song possibly this year's Fuego. Um, I think that it could surprise a lot of people. It's already proven to be a floor filler at um, Eurovision parties, and I've really got my fingers crossed for, the, for them um, to at least make the final. If if they don't make the final after all this effort, then I don't know what I don't know what they're going to do to make the final to be quite well. Yeah. I kind of see it a bit like 2016 in the sense that um, it, it feels like they're gonna they've made so much effort that it, that there's almost like too small of a window to fail. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. I, ju- I just hope that the um, staging that they come up with doesn't fail on during rehearsals week like last time. <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, I've got memories of that first (laughs) rehearsal in 2016. It was not pretty. Um, uh, Anything else on Malta before we get on with the scores? Um, I do think that the initial reaction coming out of the press centre will tell us a lot about their staging and their chances, whether this will soar up the scoreboard or fail, because... It, like one other song in the semi-final and from Sarah last year, I just have no idea of what they're going to do because Michaela isn't a dancer. Um, she was quite static in the music video as it was, so is she just going to be stood still? Is there going to be like, is she? Is there, is there going to be like colours changing on her like a comedian? Like I have, there's so many ideas, and at the same time, I have no idea what they're going to do. So I'm very excited slash nervous to see what comes out with the press centre and Tel Aviv in about three weeks' time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think as long as she she as long as she gives it a little bit of uh, sass, I think she'll be fine. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, let's get on with the scores. Um, I'm gonna give this a high three. It could graduate to a four. It, I I still find the drop a little bit awkward, but it's a three nonetheless. It's a four from me. It's a five from me. Winner, no question. Okay, and the public, a little bit surprised by this. It's a three out of five from them. Mm. I was expecting that one higher, but oh well. Okay, so next up. Lithuania. La Lituanie. This is Yuri Veklenko with Run with the Lions.
I, I don't know if this is just me being silly or me being stubborn, but when I see uh, semi-final two predictions, I see a lot of people not giving Lithuania much of a chance. I don't know if it's just residual um, annoyance that this won the national final or is just oh, people underestimating Lithuania in general, but... I think this has actually got a pretty decent chance of making it. Like you said, um, Elliot, about Croatia, um, you look at the semi-final, it's got plenty of diaspora countries that are able to vote for it. It's got UK, Ireland, Norway, um, uh, who else? Um, oh, Latvia, of course, is voting in the semi-final. So the, 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 They've got enough diaspora televote points to be halfway there, so it's not outside the realm of possibility, folks. And I know that people also use the running order as a sticking point against it. I mean, being on before Russia is not good, but at least there's a ad break between them, so it's not as bad as people make out, in my opinion. Uh, but in regards to the song... Um, I, I actually quite enjoy this. I mean, yes, it's not all that special. It's not, doesn't say anything new. It's not terribly exciting. But, you know, it's a solid pop song, I think. And it, I think it's got something quite likeable about it. And um, he's a really good singer as well. I can't go against the guy who sang Get Frightened <laughs> a couple of years ago. But um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I, 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 I would like to see this qualify. Uh, um, uh, whether or not it will, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I actually quite like this one. I think I think there's something quite likable about it. It's it's likable, but for me, it's not memorable. Like it's when it's on, it's perfectly pleasant, and Yuri sings it well. That it's. I only, I honestly God, I only remember the run with the lines line followed by the sort of like snare drum hit, which is obviously in with the lights as well, which did work in its selection. So if they keep that again, it may kind of like stick in the head a bit more. Yeah, I just feel like this is just going to get forgotten on the night. Sadly, it's it's fine, but it just doesn't stand out, especially in this half. This is like the one song for me that just does not stand out. Sadly. Uh, yeah, I do get your point, uh, John. What do you think? I'm just disappointed that he didn't sing Get Frightened at any of the pre-parties. Oh, no! <laughs> um, Lithuania has um, a good habit of surprising a lot of people by qualifying for the final. Um, remember, remember Andreas Poyavis? Oh, yeah, last in the press poll. Was he? Yes! <laughs> Oh dear gosh! Well, yeah, I th I think don't discount Lithuania. You know, if 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 even Reign of Revolution managed to get um, a televote twelve, then um, this you know sh this sh should at least be on the borderline of qualification. And and uh, Yuri is a he's a he's a he's a charming vocalist and performer. So don't don't discount this. You know, I've, people have better watch their back. I'm sorry, who who in their right mind gave Reign of Revolution a 12 in the televote? 
It was oh, Ireland, okay. since I don't say the UK. He said Rose Ireland. That semi-final. <laughs> wow. I think... I, I've got I've got the I've got the wiki page up here and I can't see any points from the UK so we must not have been voting. Just it goes to show that any song is capable of getting a twelve. <laughs> uh, okay. Um. Anything else on Lithuania before we give it a score? I'll take that as a no. Okay. I'm gonna give this a four. Oh, it's a three from me. Sorry, it's a two. And the public agree with Elliot. It's a two out of five from them. Mm. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so next up. Russia. La Russie. This is Sergei Lazarev with Scream. Yeah, um, so, Sergei Lazarev gets announced, the fandom loses his mind, obviously, I scream going, for God's sake, here come the stands for the next six months, I can't even, um, then scream drops, he did admit it'll be very different to You Are The Only One, oh, but oh my god, it's the cheesiest, dirgiest, vomit-inducing cheese ballad I've heard in years. Like, this is on level with Dima Balan cheese. Like, it's so bad. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry to all the Sergei Lazarev fans. And it's not because it's Russia. It's not because I'm anti-hating Russia or anything like this. Sergei's a great performer. We have seen that. But, oh, my God, when I heard this, I just kind of went, is that it? Like... He, he has obviously come back to win. That is clear, because why would he come back otherwise? Like, he won the televote in 2016, he came third. Why would he come back unless he was going to win? But this is just... It's not good, I'm sorry. It sounds like it sounds like a song you would send to audition to be in the West End, but he's already a massive star and already doing all that stuff in Russia. It's why he's doing none of the pre-parties, because he's so busy touring and being in a stage show, I think it is. He's so busy right up until Eurovision, like he was in 2016. Um, yeah, I just... I I wanted to like the song. I wanted to get what was so great about Sergei Lazarus in Eurovision, because some of his discography is brilliant. And, like, You Are The Only One in Russian is fantastic. Bring back Yulia Samalova from last year, because that was better than this. Ooh. I there, I said it. I preferred Flame is Burning, I preferred I Won't Break, because this sounds so false, so fake, so trying to tug on the heartstrings, and this is the... Bear in mind, the lyricist, Sharon Vaughan, clearly isn't of Russian descent or whatever, like, I don't know if she's American or British or what, but she was clearly brought in to do the English lyrics, and these are some of the worst lyrics I have ever seen. Fire, wire, desire, rhyme structure. Like, that is just the worst and laziest rhyming structure possible. And there's also, in the bridge, what is it? Um, was it the, the rain forms from your fingertips or something like that? Like, when it's like got the drum beat before the final chorus, it says, like, 
not so silent and innocent, something forms from your fingertips, and it's just, it's so, it's stupid. And I don't like the music video either. It's a very cliche trope of the man has to save the woman. <laughs> and they've said, they've already said, and Philip Kirkhoff and the, you know, Channel One have already bigged up saying, the staging is going to be nothing Eurovision has ever seen before, and Sergei's going to be on his own, it's going to be all this stuff going on. So it's clearly a case of, this song's a bit rubbish, we're just going to distract you with staging. And we know that's what Philip Kirkhoff does, because... We saw it with the You Are The Only One. We saw it with Dolly Dose. They took a fun song, which people didn't love, but people fell in love with their performance. And I loved Dolly Dose, and I loved My Lucky Day from day one. And I'm so happy they got their 10th place. But the staging helped them get it. I think Russia's going to get through because it's Sergei Lazarev with an impressing shiny stage. Is this going to win? No. Should, will it get top 10? Probably. Does it deserve it? No. And I do think it is more telling the fact that the fandom isn't really talking about it this year. People aren't talking about Russia this year because your name and your country isn't enough to qualify or do that well anymore. You need to have the song to back it up, as we saw last year with Azerbaijan, Romania and Russia all going out in the semi-finals for the first time. I'm sorry, the song is just nothing for me. I just... Uh... <laughs> he sounds good. His voice is good. It's just wasted on a crap song. <laughs> Tell us how then you I'm really done. feel. <laughs> Oh, in that case, sure. <laughs> no, no, I, no, no. I just, I've, ne I've never felt so disappointed about an internal selection before. I was so willing to give Sergei a chance and fully like, understand why people love him, and I feel so disappointed and cheated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said there. I mean... Oh, thank, thank God, I was so worried then. <laughs> I mean, I had the exact same reaction when I listened to it. I, I was like, okay. I, I mean, what, what grates me is that clearly they've written it for, for a staging rather than having a song that can stand on its own without without visuals you know what i mean i mean uh, like when does that ever work i mean apart from dima obviously but th that was a, a that was a previous era we've the televote only we've moved on since then and it doesn't work anymore if you really want to stand a chance of winning your song needs to stand on its own that, that's its biggest problem. This song sounds like it was wrote from the Televote Only era. This sounds like the perfect follow-on from Dima's entries yes. in that era. It, it sounds like a 2006-2007 song. Yeah, That's the biggest problem. Yeah, definitely. It's like they're trying an old trick, but the mechanics are completely different so it's not going to work the same way i mean granted it's most likely gonna win the televote again on the saturday night but dare i say it i think it might actually get a worse jury score than last time because at least because at least um last time his song stood out in uh, not such an upbeat year this year um, I, I know this wasn't intentional, but th they made kind of made a mistake by making him do a ballad. I mean, I get they wanted to show a different side to Sergei this time, but 
th- they could not have predicted that a number of other countries were also going to send moody male solo entries and and on the on the jury skill there's gonna be at least a couple that are gonna be way higher in the jury rankings in terms of the moody male solo entry this year and uh, yeah yeah i i don't really have any other point that you haven't already brought up but that's just yeah i just I, yeah i just i just look at this and i just tut <laughs> um apparently when russia staged the world cup last year um they had they arranged a visa waiver program for uh, ticket holders to be able to get into the country easily um i hope that they do the same when they when they stage eurovision next year no, don't say that. I I know a few people in the press who absolutely do not want to go to Russia anytime soon. Oops. But continue. Um, okay, so I what? Okay, when I first heard the song, admittedly, I wasn't blown away by the song, but I was blown away by Sergei's voice, which I don't think he got much chance to show off. Um, in 2016's Eurovision entry. Um, also, this has a big orchestral backing, which I know that a lot of, lot of traditional Eurovision fans have been harking um, for. Um, I don't hate this. There, I've said it. By the way, um, I've been looking up on Wikipedia, and uh, Sharon, Va- Sharon Vaughan is an American songwriter. Um, she started out um, writing songs in Nashville for Willie Nelson and Reba McIntyre in the 80s. And then at some point, she moved to Sweden, and she co-wrote Release Me for Agnes. Um, she also wrote Waterline for Jedward. <laughs> oh, God. And um, Wow. So- and uh, Survivor for Helena, Helena Paparizzo. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> okay, then. I think what we need to ask ourselves with this song, and I did the same with You Are The Only One, if this was sung by any other nation and not by Sergei Lazarev, would it be second in the odds? Would it be a contender? Would it? Would we be discussing it winning the televote? Absolutely no. not. I don't think and I do not think it's winning the televote in the final or in the semi-final. I mean, look who it's up against in the semi-final alone. You've got John Lundvik, you've got Switzerland, you've got songs which people will want to listen to again and bop along to, and this is just a dramatic, all, all moody... Com- mo- all, countries that, all countries that will finish below Russia, yes, I agree. I will forgive him if he brings a dragon on stage like he did in the music video. If, there, if there's a medium <laughs> drop-sized dragon that spits fire at him, I will let him off slightly. Because that will just be in every single Eurovision compilation for the next 50 years. But that's it. <laughs> uh, I'm so gutted I'm not going to be able to see this first rehearsal. I remember seeing the first rehearsal in 2016 when he fell off the wall. That was quite fun. <laughs> Oh, so good. <laughs> what, what about what about if this was sung by Sir Hat Lazarev? Ah! 
scream. <laughs> that was my Suha impression. <laughs> One quick last point, which I forgot to mention, it ties into World Cup as well. They got Robbie Williams for the opening ceremony, which just shows what their taste level is in Russia. <laughs> this is on the same level as that. Okay, anything else on Russia before we give it a score? Yet. Yet, okay. Um, it's been a long time since I did the Russian Duolingo tree. I should probably get back onto it. I don't know. But anyway. Um, we might need it next year. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give this a two. <laughs> Um, four. God, it's a one. <laughs> and the public, give it a three out of five. <laughs> okay, okay. So we'll we'll move on. And uh, next up, Albania. L'Albanie. This is Yonida Malici with Feu Talks, which means return to the land. unsure about this and I'm not entirely sure why at the same time <laughs> I mean when FIK was going on I was rooting for this more than the up-tempo um, song by Sonny or whatever her name was I, I much preferred this Sonny's song was just a bit like if you want to talk about a Fuego song that was trying to be Fuego um, <laughs> I mean just just everything about it but yeah, this this feels, for lack of a better word, better word it fa- it feels very Albanian. Obviously, like "Return to the Land" is a song about immigration. Um, she sings it with such vocal power and such emotion as well. It's really quite striking. Like, obviously, I just I just slagged off Russia for their music video, but there's Albania's. It's it's really poignant and really striking about what the what the image and message they're trying to get across with. Because Albanian is not really an accessible language. She could be singing the alphabet for all I know, because I can't speak a word of Albanian. <laughs> um, but yeah, she she sings it really well and with such power and drive. I am wondering, is that going to give her the edge over the other female vocalists in here, like Ireland, Moldova, Denmark, Romania? Like, Is that going to be what ticks her over? Because she is one of the last female vocalists, and she probably is the most powerful. Um, like with a few songs in this half especially, I think staging will make or break this song, but when it comes on, I, I quite enjoy it, and I really like the opening bars where it's just the drums, because that instantly gets your attention and makes you want to listen to where this is going to go. Yeah, I think this is this is very good for Albania. I do prefer it to last year, because I wasn't a big fan of Ugent's song. I think I was the one person who wasn't, but yeah, this I prefer a bit more. Um, just, I just hope to God they haven't got the backing dancers from FAK and she's not in that golden, um, almost like rap thing 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. FKK, where she looked like a shiny, she looked like a, a shiny gold chocolate wrapper. <laughs> and then the backing dancers, which were like under her skirt and then rolling around on the floor. Uh, yeah, strip all that back. Just have her singing, because that's all this song needs. Uh, it doesn't know, need the added path. Uh, interesting you say that, because uh, one thing that really struck me when I saw the the official video was the very end when it had this to-be-continued tagline at the end, and I was like, oh, oh, they're, they're doing what Russia did in junior a, a couple of years ago. <laughs> they're doing a, they're doing a to-be-continued with the Eurovision performance, so I'm expecting some sort of concept to go with this so i'm actually quite i'm actually quite excited to see what the um, what the second part is going to be on the tel aviv stage um but um anyway um it was quite funny because obviously um after it won the national final, I didn't listen to it uh, for for the longest time because I was just like, okay, I'll just wait for the revamp. It might be completely different, and um, I wouldn't say it's uh, it, a revamp would be would be appropriate. It's more of a glow up because like they've added more power and um, drama to it than they did. Uh, with the original, which I appreciate a great deal, and um, I've I've really grown to like it. You know, it's just you know, it's just, it's like obviously I don't speak a word of Albanian, but it's just got that that got this power and this emotion to it. I just uh, can't help but really get behind it, and. Um, I think it stands a pretty decent chance of getting through because it's the only song in the semi that's completely not in English, so it's going to stand out in that sense. And also, the, the message is it's completely directed at the Albanian diaspora, and there are a couple of uh, diaspora countries in the voting in the semi final. I mean, you've got North Macedonia, obviously. You've also got Switzerland, and uh, oh, oh, there's another one. Oh, oh, uh, Italy. Uh, yeah, Italy are also voting in the semi-final. So, yeah, I f- do think they stand a good chance of making it out, and I, I really hope they do, because because uh, I really do like it. And uh, also, um, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about about when I uh, played all the songs to my non-fan friend, and uh, I said there was one song in each semi-final he really liked, and in semi-two, he really liked this song, and I was really happy about that. <laughs> so, there Yay. you go. <laughs> Delete your comments about you, Gent Bush Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Never! So, anyway, um, yeah, um, I'm calling a surprise qualifier here. As, as long as they don't... Um, make a mess of their staging, which I don't think they will, having seen the video. Um, I've got <laughs> fairly high hopes for this. Um, it's the only... Obviously, it stands out being the only only non-English song in the semi-final. Um, and 
Jonita's song has been very well received at all the pre-parties she's gone to. So there seems to be a little bit of a surprise momentum building up for Albania here, and I hope, I hope that they capitalise on that and that they can make it to the final for the second year in a row. I've got my fingers crossed. Me too. Okay, uh, anything else on Albania before we give it a score? No. No? Okay, no. okay I'm going to give this a four. I'll give them a four as well. I'll give it a three, but I will admit the revamp has improved it. Okay, mm. and the public also give it a three out of five. Okay, so next up... Norway. La Norvège. This is Kaina with Spirit in the Sky. I hear you calling me at night. Well, I'm conflicted here because I have no idea how Europe at large is going to respond to this song. Um, I have rumours, you know, heard on the grapevine that at the um, London party there were some certain BBC Eurovision VIPs there sort of taking notes on the song and they weren't particularly feeling this. Um, however, it got probably the biggest cheer from the fandom apart from the UK entry. Um, so I can see this having a kind of a, a Zoe Luan DC effect as in you don't really you don't really expect it to qualify but it's got it's got that um, what am I say? What am I trying to say? It's got that certain something about it that makes people just love it. Um, I am happy that this song is in the Eurovision Song Contest, and I'm going to run and hide. <laughs> well, I'm not happy. I'm not. Right. Okay. So I just want to. Make it clear what I'm about to say. I'm not saying it out of anger or to be mean or anything like that. I'm saying this out of someone who loves Norway, who wants to see them succeed. This is going to end in humiliation. And I've said that the second I heard this before it got selected. It's just... I've said before that this is a naff rednecks knockoff and I, I, I hear that the, the, the staging apparently is going to be somewhat like the video which okay okay go oh, ahead it's, no. gonna, it's just going to secure that non-qualification and I'm going to be proved right uh, right, right those three okay they do not gel as a group. They, 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 it, they look like they got some young girl and two guys who are twice her age. Uh, it, no, and well, that's true. 
so- sorry, sorry, I just can't help but get worked up about it. I just need to calm down. It's early in the morning and I don't want people yelling at me for yelling. Uh, it's just, and I know I can't control my voice when I get agitated. Well, <laughs> just, uh, can, can, can we agree on something? What? It's not... It's not. It's not the worst Norwegian entry ever. No, no. But let me tell you something. Like the massive fan hysteria over this tripe is actively making me dislike it a great deal. Like I try not to get hype backlash with entries, but I. I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. I. I don't understand. In a way, I can't. Uh, I, I, in a way, I kind of understand why, but I just don't get it. Like, I feel so alone. I feel like I feel like I'm the only one who's seeing that the emperor is not wearing any clothes. It's just, it's like whoever wrote this designed this to be the most fan wankiest fan wank to ever fan wank. It's like, oh, fans <laughs> like this. Oh, and fans like this as well, and fans like this as well. It's just this whole hodgepodge of fan wank tropes it's just i hate to use the f word but it is it's a fan wank it's a fan wank fan wank fan wank and i don't care if you get upset about what i have to say because it just uh, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna i'm just gonna i'm just i I, I think i'm just gonna stop there because i'm just going to be incomprehensible otherwise um uh, have have, have a sip of water and okay it's just just think that at least it's better than charlie and steve in san francisco (laughs) true um elliot what about you so it's weird because i feel like i agree with every single point you have both said um I mean, this this group was put together purely for M- MGP. Like, that was obvious. Like, just looking up on the background of this, Tom Hugo started writing Spirit in the Sky with his husband, and that's when Tom Hugo decided to put a band together and send it for MGP. Who did he meet at MGP last year? Mm, Alexander Lotan, who's it part of the group. And then they thought, let's get someone Sami, and obviously the, the name Kaino is inspired by Fred's hometown, in North Army, so it's all relevant to the group. Uh, like I said, um, it depends how you want to vote and how the people are going to vote. If you vote with your head, this is going to crash and burn because, as fun as it is, it is a bit lazy, it is a bit dated, and it is a bit repetitive. If you vote with your heart, you're going to go, "This is so much fun! I'm having the best time!" And I feel that in like both both ways. Like I, I was like, I love this song. But at the same time, this just screams failure. It just screams like it's going to crash and burn in the semi-final. And I was talking to... I've, I've shown this to a few people. And one person was at the um, OJ um, preview night where, where IQ performed at the... I think it's the Royal Vauxhall Tavern, something they do it every year. And Kaino won that vote out of the 41. <sighs> they did instantly tell me, we're bad at picking winners because last year Sala won. <laughs> what's this song? What's this song sound like? Oh, the first thing everyone said this song sound like. Oh, it's a copy of Monsters, and it does in the bridge, in the chorus. The the words of Monsters fit this 
perfectly. I'm not saying it's plagiarism, but the fact that Kanye had to come out and say it's not plagiarism was a big issue. Like, that, you shouldn't have to defend your song like that. And oh, I just feel like it's it's obviously been put in this spot in the order because we've got three quite we've got three ballads. So this is obviously to give a bit of a jolt to get you through the last three songs after Kino. Will Kino be in the final? I honestly don't know. I love this song. I do think it's great. I listen to it a lot. Hugh, Tom's voice is great, and it sets the tone really nicely. Alexandra's voice is great. Even Fleds with the Sami is brilliant, but it is three soloists put together, and that's how the staging came across like that in um, MGP. It was just three soloists in a line. Like, there was no unity between them. And, to be fair, in MGP, I was very happy because in the Super Final, my winner was Adrian Jorgensen from the 10, and Kaino was my second. Partly because Alexander Vollman wrote the bubble, and I wanted him to go back to Eurovision and have a third year of doing really well in MGP, which he did. Because <laughs> he's great, I love him so much. So I, I wasn't unhappy this one, but when you look at the semi-final, and you just look at just the bubble of songs they are in, from Russia down to Albania, to them, to the Netherlands, to North Macedonia, that is a very hard block of fives to get out of. And it could easily look very dated and cheap to a jury member. So, and I do feel like John made a very good point by comparing this to Luan DC, which really struggled in the jury vote. I don't think it made the top ten in the jury in its semi-final, but then came second with the televote. And even then, after the final, she was bottom five in the jury, but came eighth or ninth in the televote because people loved Zoe and they loved mm -hmm. her. And I loved Luan DC. I voted for it. So sometimes having that personality come through really does help, and Kaino do have that personality, and people love them. I mean, last week they played in a London park for the fans before the show, like so they are very likable people. I just, but in a in a competition, I honestly don't know how this is going. I, I I'm pretty certain in my head this will be like twelfth or thirteenth in the jury. It all depends on that televote night. That Thursday night is what's gonna be their be their savior or their or their doom. I hate to say this, but it, if everyone has been comparing it to Verona, and it's better than Verona, to be honest. Like, I'm, and I'm sure the staging and the whole presentation will be better than it. But obviously, we saw Verona came like fifth in the televote, but was second to last in the jury. And I just, mm, if Kaino make the final, I don't see them doing as well as everyone thinks. Everyone's saying like, oh, this is a top ten. Oh, this is left hand side. I don't see that. Um, is it better than the entry last year? God, yes. Um, I still don't know how that's how you write a song wrote when it's semi-final, to be honest, thinking about it. Um, but that's for another story. Mm -hmm. I I like this song. I, I honestly do enjoy this song, and I like Hino. But if I was a jury member and I was thinking... What's the word? If I was thinking, you know, with my head, not my heart, I would knock this down a bit. I would put it about... I would give it two or three points where my heart would be saying, I'll give it an eight or give it a ten. So this is the song I'm very interested to see what happens to on the, on the Thursday night. I'm very intrigued about Kino's fate, to be honest. Well, but I, I do love, I love them. And if they want to stay together as a group and do an album, I am here for it. <laughs> I don't believe that <laughs> for it a does, it does, But it does feel very manufactured from start to finish as well. Mm. Mm. Well... <laughs> 
Well, I, I, I could argue either way. I mean, on, on, the, on the one hand, as, as I said earlier at the LEP, I got the feeling that it's not the kind of song that the general public would probably gravitate towards. But on the other hand, it is quite unique in that semi-final, so it could stand out. If it's a big if, it does qualify. It's probably finishing sub-20th in the final, and I've made yeah. my peace with that. I, I mean, I will say, the people I have shown it to who do follow Eurovision but only really tuned in for the semi-finals and the finals, so they don't really know the run-up, have loved this song. I know the UK and Ireland are voting in the semi-final, and this is what people from the UK and Ireland expect Eurovision to be, so they're going to jump to it. I think they will love it, but will the rest of Europe, who take the contest, for lack of a better word, a bit more seriously? I'm not sure. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the juries because they didn't seem all that impressed with it in Maldi Grand Prix. I mean, you couldn't really no, tell. No, they didn't. <laughs> we couldn't I just really... remember that. You couldn't really tell because they only showed the 12s, but I'm guessing that, that it came fifth. And that's not good in a field of 10. Like, when has a song ever improved on its jury school from national final to Eurovision? Never, I don't think. So that's not good. And also, also the Sami thing. Like, I, I love a good yoik, but one of my gripes is that I feel like the song treats the art of yoiking as a cheap gimmick. I was like, oh, oh, that's something Norway's known yeah. for. Let's do, let's use it as something that people think is really wacky. And I'm like, no, I'm not here for it. It's just really disingenuous and ugh, no. Um, I will say, looking at that. looking at the the twelve marks and where they all went, um, you had Denmark, Switzerland, North Macedonia, Ireland, all voting in that semi final. None of it gave them their top marks. The only country that did give it top marks were Israel, and they're in the other semi final. Whoops. And yeah, I I completely forgot about that, and I'll see. Yeah, I think this song probably came fourth in the jury because Mr. Unicorn got four twelves, the bubble got three, and then Hollow and Spirit in the Sky both got one, and Moreland got one as well. So it was four slash fifth, and then it walked the public vote in both rounds. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens to poor Kaino. <laughs> or Kiano, or however the hell you say their name. Like they themselves have said this this band name like two or three different ways, so I'm just lost. <laughs> well, I think the one thing that we've established here is that you either love it or you hate it. Mm-hmm. So let's let's love each other and just see what happens. Okay. So um, anything else before we give this a score? I hear you calling me at night. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. I wasn't going to give this score initially, but I just got so worked up today. I, 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 I just felt like I needed to... I don't like giving dishonest scores, but I just really felt like I want to give a metaphorical middle finger to this. A big, fat goose egg. Zero. Um, uh, four... It's a four for me as well. Oh no. And the public also give it a four. Damn. Okay, so we've got three songs left to go, so let's get cracking. And next up... The Netherlands. 
les Pays-Bas. This is Duncan Lawrence with Arcade. Literally, as soon as I press played on that, I, it started raining outside. I wonder if that's an omen or not. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, what sort of Weird. omen? What sort of... I hope it's not a bad omen. Anyway, I'll start with this one. Um, uh, anyone who knows my taste in Eurovision songs, this will come as no surprise to remotely anyone. This is my winner of the year. I freaking love this song. I... <laughs> Like when I when I first heard it, it was on the YouTube premiere thingy, and it was what was it like six in the morning over here? So I was half asleep, and um, I, I, as soon as it started with the with the opening, like I was immediately like even like half asleep. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? And <laughs> like I needed. Because I was half asleep, I was like, okay, I go back to sleep, and as soon as I wake up, I need to listen to this so I can fully process what the hell I've just listened to, because what? Oh my god. Um, yeah, it's just... Right, I'm a little bit biased because because a lot of the lyrics do kind of mirror a personal thing I'm going through right now, which I won't go into because this is a podcast, not a therapy session. And uh, as uh, and I I did watch the the acoustic performance that he did on Dutch TV shortly after this song was released and I, I, I will admit that I did have a huge cry afterwards it was just so wonderful it's, so it gives me gives me good um, comfort that the live is going to be really really good um, it's just oh, when it's performed live there's just like so much emotion in his voice it's just it, it just gets to me and uh, uh, the fact that this is the number one favorite right now kind of scares me I'm, I'm just so scared that something's going to go wrong and it's not going to win and everyone's going to laugh at it and say, oh, ha, 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 it's another one of those pre-contest favourites that completely failed and it's uh, and that every, anything other than a victory is going to be a complete flop and oh, I'm just so scared. <laughs> I, re- I, do, I do really want this to win and... Oh, I'm I'm just really scared. Like, please don't mess this up, please. <laughs> I mean, when I first heard this song, I I wasn't blown away by it just because it sounded like it was gonna really change somewhere, and it didn't really. So I kind of like left it, and then I came back to it, and yeah, now I really really enjoy this song. It's it's not my favourite. I've already you know, pledged allegiance to Michaela and Malta for that one. But can I see why this is the bookie's favourite? Absolutely. Can I see anything really stopping it winning? Honestly, no. Because he is so likeable as a person. He is so 
oblivious and unaware to the fact the quote-unquote pressure that is on him to win for the Netherlands. He's just enjoying his life. You can see he wrote this song and how much it means to him. He, like, this is not an easy song to sing, especially the, um, the chorus where it goes, like, he, go, he has to sing high and then drop low before the loving you is a losing game. That's difficult to do vocally. And he's nailed it every single time. Um, I loved the lighting they used at um, Eurovision in concert, where it's just like the different shades of blue in the background and on him. That would really work nicely in Eurovision, I feel like. And, yeah, it's such a relatable message and topic. And it does have some of the best lyrics in the competition. Like, I especially love the line... A small town, small town boy lost in a big arcade, because even I sort of like resonate with that in some format. So it's going to take a lot for someone to beat the Netherlands. I feel like this year, and the Netherlands this year would be such a deserved winner. Because when Duncan got announced, a lot of people just kind of like raised their eyebrows at you know the Netherlands and they're saying, "Why have you sent him? He's a nobody. We don't know who he is. Okay, he's from the Voice. Big whoop, you know." you know, we're not trying, blah, blah, blah. And then this song came out, and he's just shut everyone up. And also, I would love him to win just because he was coached by Ilsa on The Voice, who now hates Waylon. And if he goes <laughs> after Waylon and wins that for them, it'd be fantastic. Yes! I mean, la- last year I hated Outlaw In It was one of my least favourite songs. I think it was my last my last place. So this is such an improvement and feels so much more genuine. And, you know, the man struggles to sing this without crying, and, you know, the last time we saw that was Jamala, and then Jamala won. So when it's emotional and that important to you, the message will transcend through the TV. And I think the Netherlands, they're going to be right up there, I feel like. You know, they may not win the jury, I feel. I feel they might come second or third, but I think the public will really push us to the win, a lot like how Netta was last year. I can, I can see this winning. I feel like this is the winner. I certainly hope so. <laughs> uh, what about you, John? Yeah, um, I'm I'm already planning my uh, two weeks in the Netherlands in 2020. <laughs> um, there's not much I can add, really. It's just it's just such a beautiful song, so beautifully performed, and it's it's worth saying that it's it's been 44 years for the Netherlands. And when I went to Eurovision in concert, there was a real feeling that maybe this is finally the time that they get to win again. Um, I know a lot a lot of Dutch fans are very hopeful, and I am very hopeful too. Um, I'm really... This is the one of the songs that I'm really looking forward to see the performance. And Duncan said at, at Eurovision Concert that the music will be the focus of the staging. There's, I, I get the feeling that there's not going to there's not going to be any, anything gimmicky or showy, you know. It's just going to be very simple and very, I'll say it again, beautiful. The one thing I am a little bit sad about is that I wish I hadn't listened to that bloody "I Miss You" demo. <laughs> I never did I, actually. Well, I never listened to it. I know. I wish I hadn't listened to it because I love that. I, you know, I love this song, but I love that song even more. So mm-hmm. I think, I think if when if if slash when he wins, maybe he could sing this this uh, the, his his next single as 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 an interval act. Maybe. 
Oh, oh fingers crossed. Oh, I'm, I'm so scared. Oh, but anyway, um... don't, don't, be, don't be scared. You know what, what? What will be will be. We can't do. There's nothing we can do. But you know, just just have have hope. Yeah. Okay. So, um, anything else before we give this a score? I mean, as good as this is, it's no Shalali, though, is it? <laughs> Lol. No, this is my favourite song from the Netherlands since Joan Franca, and I adore that song. So, the bar's pretty high to like top you and me. And Duncan's very nearly done it. I feel like. Oh. Okay, so let's give the Netherlands a score. Oh, obviously, I'm giving this a five. Well, it's got to be a five, really, hasn't it? It's a four from me. Okay, and the public... It's a rare five out of five from them. Wow. Oh, we could have had a perfect score. Oh, Sorry. Well, so close. <laughs> but, no, but no coconut. It's okay, it happens. Okay, so two songs left to go, and next up... North Macedonia. La Macédoine du Nord. This is Tamara Todevska with Proud. Tell them, raise your voice and say it loudly. Show them what it means to stand up proudly. Tell them, this is me and thanks to you I'm proud. Go on now, tell them, raise your voice. It's very different from our last entry, isn't it? Yeah, very. Um, oh, let's go. I, I will admit that the first time I heard this, everyone was raving about it, and like you know, our Eurovox chat was like in love with this song. So I was like, right, I'm gonna sit down and listen to this. That chorus, and especially that segment you just played, just sounds like this is gonna sound really controversial. I'm really sorry. It literally sounds like one last breath in 2015 slowed down. <laughs> I know, and out of any out of anything it could sound like, it sounds like a Greek song. And now every time I just hear one last last breath over the top of it, this uh, I know I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this. This song obviously means a hell of a lot to Tamara. It's beautiful and it sang with a lot of conviction. It was released on International Women's Day, so that was very poignant as well. Her sister, who's also done Eurovision, features in the music video. But it just it just leaves me a little bit cold. Like there's something with it I'm just not fully like grabbing onto and listen to it and I I rarely go looking for the song. I rarely put it on out of choice. Like if it's on I won't skip it. But I don't actively search out for it. And I just mm, rip I I'm not sure how this is gonna do. I think they finally found an act the fans like and we know can you know sing pretty solidly live because that was IQ's downfall and Yana's in two previous years. Hopefully she'll have a better outfit than what IQ were wearing as well, and um, we can hope. Um, I just feel like going after the Netherlands and his very emotional ballad, going to an even slower emotional ballad, it might people might just kind of like switch off from it and think, oh, this is just a bit too much, it's another slow ballad sort of thing. So I'm not fully convinced... North Macedonia will break their non-qualification record at the moment, which is really sad to say because I do want them back in the final because it's been so long. Yeah, 
Yeah, same here. I, I do feel like this is... It, this is very precarious. It could definitely go either way. And I, 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 I do see the that they're making a lot of effort. Apparently they've hired a Swedish team to do the staging and she's just going to be alone on stage. So uh, it'll be interesting, like, with camera angles and stuff like that. It, it, But it's just, like... Oh, I just feel like... Because they've been trying so hard the last couple of years... Uh, it would just be sad to see them fall short yet again. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I also want to see them back in the final. Uh, and, you know, I don't know... Like, if they do everything right with this and it still doesn't make it, I honestly don't know what they need to do, to be honest. Uh, but regarding to my feelings regarding the song, I I'm kind of with Elliot on this. It's kind of weird because I recognise that it's a very well-composed um, ballad, but there's something about it that's not quite clicking with me. I think maybe because it's a little bit too serious maybe i don't know i i personally prefer my feminist anthems have a bit more pep to them you know like girls want just want to have fun you know that 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 makes me happy then this kind of feels a bit you know very serious and very worthy i don't know but yeah i, I i'm hoping for the best and fearing the worst with this one definitely i'm i'm up in one sentence um Hashtag tomorrow for Saturday. Oh. oh okay. Um anything else on uh, Macedonia before we give this a score? Yes, vote for them. <laughs> <laughs> Be nice. Be nice. It's been six years, come on. <laughs> Throw them a bone, please. They're doing, They're doing everything they can. They deserve this. <laughs> Oh, okay. So uh, let's give them a score. I'm gonna give this a three. I'm giving them a four. It's a three for me. Okay, and the public. Oof, a bit harsh from them. It's a two out of five from them. What did I just say? Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Okay, so last but by no means least. Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. This is Chingis with Truth. Dare you tell me to shut up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having that. No, um, <laughs> probably returning Azerbaijan to the final fairly easily. Yeah. But borderline for me. 
Ooh. Although it is a very, although it is a very slick song and a very well produced song, um, it's by the same team from last year's Equinox, so it's Bones 2.0 basically, but with a but with a bit more of a funky edge to it. Um, I'm ha- I'm happy with this, and I'm happy if it qualifies. No more, no less. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, this is a bit weird because like, they've been competing for 11 years now and this is the first Azerbaijan entry that I've actually really, really liked. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, the, the shot up hook is kind of a bit off-putting, but the, I kind of get um, so caught up in the in the tune of it that it, I, I kind of like just brush it over but yeah I'm 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 a fan of this kind of production this kind of very glossy kind of production and yeah and um yeah I'm I'm, I'm interesting to see what they do considering that it's closing the semi um uh, I, I definitely think this is pretty safe qualifying and um yeah, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy this. Yeah, I don't really. Ha- it's weird because I don't really have much to s- say about it, even though I, I really enjoy it. But um, yeah, that, that's pretty much what I have to say about this one. <laughs> uh, I like this, but in the same token, it feels so American. Mm. Like you can tell Trey Campbell, the lead singer of Equinox, wrote this because it feels. Very slick, very generic, uh, very catchy, simple hook with the simple lyrics of shut up about it, so it's very easy to sing along with it. Um, I do feel like, yeah, it is going to qualify, or it's definitely with a shot of qualifying. Uh, In the final, I think it'll do about the same that Dihaj managed eventually, because it's, it's fine, it's slick, but at the same time, it's there. It's not like a track that you would hear and instantly download it, like shoot up to number one in like the American or UK charts. It's it's just sort of there, sort of thing. It's it's a good car song. Like it's a song you'd have in the car, which is perfectly yeah. pleasant. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with a good car song, in my opinion, at least. <laughs> but at least he's not singing about cannonballs and lunar moons and singing on top of an iceberg this year. Hey, 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 stop. <laughs> don't, don't diss my girl, Isol. Europe spoke, and they said, you're staying in the semi-finals. I rest my case. Yeah. <laughs> Within the final in my mind. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, anything else on Azerbaijan before we give it a score? Well, in, interestingly, Chingiz auditioned for Azerbaijan back in 2011. Um, oh, yeah! <laughs> so, if history had rolled the dice differently, it could have been Chingiz and Mickey. <laughs> winning, the, winning the thing in 2011. Or it could have been Chingiz and that Scottish PE teacher. <laughs> so many questions. I know. <laughs> Um, big source of um, talent those old Azerbaijan auditions. <laughs> oh, I love them. Oh, 
Maybe they need to bring be... it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, they re they managed to revamp Operación Triunfo, so <laughs> why not Milisetum um, Turu? <laughs> and Dora. Dora came back for the first time in seven or eight years this year. So yes, the, yes. The yes. old the old selections are coming back. <laughs> before um, if uh, the broadcaster is listening but anyway um, uh, let's give Azerbaijan a score I'm going to give this a 4 um, I'll give them a 3 it's just there it's a 3 ok and the public give it a 4 out of 5 ok so um, that's it that's the, all the scores for semi-final 2 done so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to press the magic button on my spreadsheet now I'm very interested to see who's in, got in the top 10 because we've got a lot of middling scores here yeah and um, ok we've got a clear 10 that's good ok so um, okay. so um, I will reveal uh, what um according to our scores what the the top 10 songs are of this semi-final uh according to our scores so uh i'm gonna go with the, i'm gonna do this in alphabetical order okay uh -huh. so uh the first country in our top 10 for semi two is albania <laughs> Okay, and uh, the second country in our top ten is Azerbaijan. Okay. Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, and the third country in our top ten is Denmark. Yay! As it should be. Yes. Ah. Uh, Lino is great. Love her. Aww. Yay! Me too. Okay, and the fourth country in our top ten. This might come as a surprise to our listeners, but it's Ireland. Yay! Oggy, oggy, oggy. Hey! No. <laughs> oh, whoops. Uh, okay, and um, the fifth country in our top ten is Latvia. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, okay. I love these results. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Sure. <laughs> okay, and the sixth country in our top ten is Malta. Yay! Yay! Eva. Come on, come really in. Oh. She's a fighter. Yay! And a swimmer. And a lover. <laughs> Give her water. <laughs> yeah, and fire. Uh, okay, and uh, the seventh country in our top ten is the Netherlands. Yay! Yay! Obviously, yes. Okay, and the eighth country in our top ten is Romania. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Bella Santiago's fans are shaking. Uh, yes! <laughs> oh boy. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, the ninth country in our top ten is Sweden. Surprise. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes to the singer, no to the song. Ooh. <laughs> that's my that's my feelings on Sweden this year. Oh. A lot like 2017. Great singer, crap song. <laughs> oh. Sorry, oh. when your four backing da- backing singers who remind me of the music from Hercules are the reason you listen to this song, there's a problem. <laughs> That's just how I feel. That's just how I feel. So who's the next qualifier, Kylie? Hang on. <laughs> Hang on a second. I was... For a second, I was trying to remember what the what what the Hercules song was, oh, but I can't remember. Oh, it's been Zero so... to Hero, Zero or the Gospel Shoes. That's it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, the tenth um, song in our top ten in this semi-final is Switzerland. <laughs> Woo! What a surprise! What a surprise indeed. <laughs> Uh, it's also worth pointing out that uh, only four songs from the second half uh, made our top ten, so it's probably not going to repeat in actual uh, Eurovision this year. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so um, that's it um, for this week's episode. Uh, before we leave, just want to give a big thanks once again to Elliot for joining in, and um, hopefully we'll uh, be speaking to you again soon. Thank you. I've always I always enjoy coming in this. Thank you for having me once again. And oh. go Malta. Oh. Eva. <laughs> okay. So um yep. So um next week uh, will be the last part of our 2019 review. We'll be re- uh, of course reviewing all the songs that are automatically in the final and um we'll also be revealing our overall top 10 for the year according to our scores so it should be very interesting indeed okay so uh, until next week goodbye bye 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 guys you've been listening to an ESC Pulse production this podcast was hosted by Kylie Wilson John Withers and with special guest Elliot Harris please be sure to check out the rest of our content on ESCPulse.com